Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. Many kids now are homeschooling or remote learning, either full or part-time. Some of you may be feeling a little bit like a fish out of water right about now. Um, On this episode, you're going to hear from someone who's been there, done that, parent activist, Isla Malik. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Malik is a first-generation Pakistani-American lawyer, nonprofit executive, author, and mother of three. As she recently shared with Today.com, she traveled to 41 countries over over a year with her family of five, and she homeschooled along the way. So welcome, Isla. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Miriam. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited uh, that you're here, and I think it's very timely, obviously, with what's going on right now. And just, you know, as I was looking through your website and your social media and things like that, it's just I'm like, wow, you know, I, I don't know how you did it all. And I'm excited. And, you, and your family, as I was telling you before we started recording, is adorable. So um, if you guys that are listening, you know, to follow her on social media after this. You'll see her, her family, all five of them. They're, they're completely adorable. So, um, yeah, so that was, you're welcome. So tell us about your family, first of all. Okay, so we are, um, as you mentioned, a family of five. So it's it's my husband, Capel, uh, and he and I are high school sweethearts. So we've known each other. We're actually, our 16-year wedding anniversary is today. So um, we've today. known each other for a long time. Yep. Well, happy uh, anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we have three children. So uh, now they, I have a ninth grader. Um, so he's 13 and then we have a 10 year old who is in fifth grade and then an eight year old who is in third grade and they're all about to turn. We sort of are the fall birthday family. So everyone's about the age. Um, and when we traveled, they were about one to two years younger based upon when we were traveling. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, now did you homeschool before this trip? Did you? No, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. Um, We are, we really, uh, you know, we're as an immigrant family um, on our, both of our backgrounds, um, we are all about education and um, both of my husband and I were products of the public school system here in California. So both of our kids have been, all three of our kids have been in public school um, and we are, have a lot of respect for teachers and have even more respect after having homeschooled for a year. Uh, but we were, we did it for the purpose of traveling. We were really clear that this is something that we were going to do. Um, and we, we set an intention and planned for a decade to make it happen. And so we just knew we were going to have to homeschool while we traveled. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And all that planning, I'm like, wow, you planned, you know, that was a long time, a lot of thought going into it. And so give us some of the stats because it was really quite astounding as I read through them. Yeah, I'm, I will have to, um, I'm going to pull them up. You might know them better than I do. I'm going to actually pull them up as we talk, but we were traveling for 54, um, weeks, a little over a year and we traveled to 41 countries Um, which was amazing. And yep, here are the stats. So I was kind of keeping track as we went. Um, So we slept in 122 different beds. (laughs) 
we took 49 flights and 10 boat journeys and then 24 long train rides. So we had every form of transportation. Um, and then we did a lot of uh, NGO nonprofit partnerships. That's my background. Um, and so we, the focus of our trip was really around um, creating a sense of empathy and community amongst our global community, um, global family. And so we spent a lot of times in remote places with indigenous populations um, and worked alongside nonprofits that are doing great work to bridge um, gaps in equity. Um, and so, so, and then I have an, another stat, 36,000, uh, 36,030 pictures taken. <laughs> I think I have that many of my kids' life, but they're all on the, you know, on a digital device. That's so. right. That's right. I'm not sure if they'll ever make it off of there, but it's a it's a disciplined practice to take it you're, digitally. You're definitely right? more organized than I am. I can tell already. <laughs> I'm sure yours are already already all organized. Oh, far from Miriam, far from. That's another year's journey for sure. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it's so cool. It's it's unbelievable, actually, as you're saying those, you know, giving those numbers. I'm just thinking like, wow, I can't even imagine. And, you know, I'm thinking I know what it takes to plan a vacation, mm -hmm. you know, just like a family vacation for a week or two and all the planning that goes into that and the details and getting everything ready and, and just, you know, here and then for where we're going and when we come back. And, just, and so I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine really what went into that. And also while you were talking, I'm like, you know, this episode in my mind was, you know, and, and is still geared more toward the homeschooling because we, I want to hear from you and, and you have a lot of good ideas and things that you learned. And so I think that, again, like I said, especially right now, a lot of my listeners are going to really benefit from that. But I also love the empathy piece. And so I definitely, you know, we'll come back around to that. I love that, you know, you said your purpose also was to build that global empathy. And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's something I definitely don't want to let slip by. So I definitely want to talk about that a little bit because I think that that's really, that's really, really a neat thing that you did and you intentionally set out to teach that, you know, to your kids and, and not even you know, teach them, but they got to see that. And this trip is obviously something that I'm sure changed all of your lives forever and you'll never forget, um, for sure. Absolutely. That. Yeah. And I was thinking like, well, I'm jealous of the, you know, we've, we've all had a lot of family time, you know, the last five and a half months. And, and right. I love that part of it, but I love the time that you guys had, you know, took all that time just to spend together and you didn't have all the other distractions like you would have at home. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's exactly it. Right. So we, we all spend, especially with the pandemic, there's certainly quantity of time. And I think our focus was really, you know, we had a lot of quantity too, but it was really the focus was on quality. And um, yeah, happy to talk about any of the things you mentioned. There's so much to say, but, but want to yeah. um, so go where you want to go. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll go where it takes us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so let's talk about first, and we will come back to that a little bit for sure, the empathy piece, and I'm sure that'll come out as we talk about your homeschooling. So you you had to set out, you know, when you weren't homeschoolers, you were going to do this trip, so you knew that you had to homeschool. Yeah. So I know that you have a lot to say about it, but I know that you have kind of five tips for homeschooling. So I want to talk through those a little bit. Um, so mm -hmm. when I, let's just talk through those a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess the preface in talking through those, Miriam, is that, you know, we are 
we are not the experts by any means. Sure. And so to say that, you know, we would on the trip, we'd often get asked, oh, you're, you know, you're homeschooling. How great. Are you going to continue homeschooling? And my answer was always like, nope. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. And they're going right back to school. Um, and, and I will also say that, you know, towards the end of the trip, we wrote a blog post that's on our, on our website where we all started fantasizing a little bit towards the end of our trip of like, what would our lives look like when we get back home and you know, we're starting to prepare? And mine was like, you know, bless their hearts, dropping them off at school. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I just want to preface that by saying and normalize that like, there's different, there's different sort of orientations to homeschooling and sure. ours is, um, and I, and, and we see a lot of value for sure in, in those that choose to homeschool. But just to be clear, like, we, we were maybe the Bootsy homeschoolers um, and we all <laughs> laugh and sort of say like yeah. you have to fill out most most of your audience that is is in the homeschool path now with, um, you know, have chosen that path instead of the, the remote learning space. Um, we'll know that you have to fill out an affidavit with the state and you have to say we had to make up a name of a school and and say uh, what our roles were. And so I believe like my husband was the janitor and PE teacher and I was the principal and you know something else right so like we it, it all to say is that we were we were very new and inexperienced in doing this um so just some tactical tips um what what we decided so our journey for us was we thought when we first started we thought we'll be really organized we'll do all this schooling um you know as we go and our kids are gonna you know we'll have this kind of the schedule um we started with the schedule we quickly changed to like a checklist format and um so i saw your schedule like a template of your schedule and and i don't know if you used it or not you know it was just and it looked amazing but i was like uh oh, I could never do that. But I think that it, it's good to have something like that. Because I was looking at it, I'm like, that would be a good guide. And then it's not like if you didn't follow it. Yeah, that that schedule that you're talking about, um, which for your listeners, um, if you go to um, my name, ilamalik.com and you click on um, a homeschooling, I think it's uh, Mabel and Moxie's uh, article, you'll see a, a link to a template. That template, Miriam, we, we did when... Um, we had the distance pandemic learning in the spring. So Got what it. we did was we had all this unstructured time. My husband and I both work and we said, okay, we've got to figure out some kind of checklist and a redirection kind of prompt because otherwise our kids um, will choose to be on video games the entire right. day. <laughs> um, and so that was that attempt. But on the travel, we started with the schedule. Then we thought, okay, we'll do sort of a checklist system. The schedule very quickly broke down because no, no one day, no two days were the same. Um, and finally, we had this moment where we look, my husband and I looked at each other and we're, you know, we said, we got to redefine success. And we literally, you know, here we were traveling to, you know, 41 countries, we had two small mini suitcases that were full of books and educational materials. And, the, and, and then all of us had one little suitcase each. And we said, gosh, it's, what do we what do we care about? And and that's the first tip is to define what success looks like for you and your child. For us at the time, we had the first and the second first and third grades where they're younger two, and then we had a seventh grader. And so the focus quickly became, well, the first and third graders, so long as they're they're good readers, so long as they enjoy writing or or can form sentences and are learning grammar, and so long as they are um, 
progressing in math, that's probably going to be enough for us to really make sure that they're doing okay. And the seventh grader was where we knew that there were standards that he would have to have to, to be successful back in integrating into eighth grade. And so for him, he was on an advanced math course track and all of that. So we really had to make sure that um, algebra, pre-algebra, that all of those were, that he was advancing on, on course. Um, so I guess the first tip is, I think to just be honest and have a conversation with yourself around what does success for this year look like? And not to say that you have low expectation for your kids. I think they deserve high expectations. Also realistic expectations because what we started to see was when the focus was so much um, on getting the school done or getting school out of the way so that we could do this other thing, um, kids started to have a pretty negative orientation to, to, to the schooling, right? And so what when, when we started to create parameters of success and be a little bit more fluid in how we reinforced the learning, um, which is our, my second tip, I would say, is, is as we got really good with understanding what they were learning and the principles that they were learning, we were able to sort of say, great, let's show people, let's, let's, let's show that interactively and reinforce the concepts in the regular life um, aspects. So one example that um, came to mind was my first grader was learning um, the states of matter at the time, like liquid, solid, gas. And so he was learning liquid, solid, gas, and we had the opportunity to go to a, um, a thermal um, uh, geyser. And right there, he was able to see like, oh, here's really hot water that's becoming steam. Um, there was liquid droplets around the water. And then it was in Chile, it was really cold. And so there was some ice around as well. And so he was able to see like the three states of matter in one place, you, you know, and I laugh and joked and said, well, you know, when I was in school, we learned it with the frying pan and we yeah. had a frying pan, right? And droplets. And so it doesn't matter. You don't have to travel the world to reinforce concepts. Yeah. How is it? That. Just because yeah. I think obviously your kids got to see and like learn it in such a, a, a way like that. You know, he really got to see it in such a way that obviously most kids aren't going to be able to. But yeah. like you said, that's okay. You know what I mean? That, that, that was a great opportunity. And, and I think I'm sure some people are like, we're going to, I've heard, you know, even friends of mine say like, maybe we'll just, you know, take an RV trip this year and yep. you know what I mean? do, do school along the way. So I know you're going to spur some people on to do this. Um, and I think that's great. But like you said, it's okay if it's not to that extent, you know, if you're still home learning, these tips still apply and that you what to, to what you said earlier, you know, you're not the expert. Well, I don't think anybody is. Right. So so I don't think that my listeners really want to hear from on this. Maybe they do like an who is an expert, you know, self-imposed expert, I guess, on homeschooling. But everyone's in the same kind of situation. If your kids are home, you know, um, or part time, some kids are home part of the time, all the time, you know, whatever it is, or, or if they end up being home again. So I think that it's like none of us are experts on this. And so I think that I think that we can all just learn from each other. And That's I right. I wanted you on because you're you would be a great person to learn from and get tips from but um you don't have to be an expert although you're probably more of an expert than you think but uh, that's all right <laughs> you know well and I think just to take it back to our current so right now we have right like many of the like most of the world we have three children in our 
you know, in remote learning space, they're, they're back in school, they're remote learning and, um, and we're working, but when I pick up my cup of coffee from the kitchen, I overhear pieces of the lesson that um, the teacher is sharing. And so, you know, part of it is how do I just hear or know enough where then I can build that into conversation. So, you know, um, then that's the concept. It's defining success for, for, for us for this period. Success looks like our kids are learning and advancing, that they feel good about connecting to education, that they still have a love of learning, and that they're productive during the day when we need them to be because we're we're also working, right? And so that's what success looks like for us for this year. And um, in that vein, when I when I try, you know, when you're when you're doing your own day and you try to just get glimpses of, well, what did they do? What did they submit in Google Classroom? You can then build upon it. And so I heard, I overheard the, the teacher talking about cause and effect. Um, and and there was all these little Zoom chatters around finishing sentences of like, when I fall. Um, then, you know, and then I put a Band-Aid on or whatever, right? And so when we had dinner, um, one of my kids spilled water um, on the thing. And I said, oh, when water falls, right? What, and I looked at the first grade, the, the uh, third grader and sort of had him finish the sentence. And so it's, it's about us just being present, I think, Miriam, that I think is the important part. And when you're, when you're not working and you're homeschooling, um, it's, you have an added opportunity to be present and, and you don't need to travel. You don't need to be a homeschool teacher to be present, but it certainly has to be very intentional if you're not in those circumstances, right? And so I think that's that was my big aha. Yeah, um, that's great advice. That's great advice. And even, you know, like you said, you're 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 working and, and I know a lot of parents are in the situation now where maybe their kids are home and they're mm -hmm. but they're working or whatever. But like you said, even if it's and depending on the ages of your kids, obviously right, right. Change, that so you may not have to sit there with them the whole time. Right. You know, but just like you said, try to be present, try to hear a few things, you know, try yeah. to, you know, check in, see what they turned into and try to relate those. Because I think the the main thing, and this is, you know, part of my education background as well, is just that, um, you know, the experiences, relating their learning to their life experiences. And that's, that's how they learn and it really, really connects. So like you just did that, you know, with yours and, and, and with the water and anything like that, that you can relate to real life. Um, that's really the key to learning. So just I like, agree. To sit there the whole day or try to be stressed out or, you know, try to follow exact thing or, or worry about, you know, their every little thing that they're getting, but just try to try to take advantage of those times. If that's the time that you have. I think the other tip, Miriam, that I found really useful on our travel and I still, um, I wa I'm actually watching, I'm pretty, pretty impressed with the, um, the educators that we've seen, at least for R3, is that there's an interesting maxim that I found around the attention span of a young person. And so they say that you can calculate your the kid's chronological age and times it by times each year by five uh, minutes. And that's how long they can sort of sit for one particular subject or content or that kind of a thing. So, um, so as an example, right, if my 10 year old uh, can sit in one Zoom screen or one lesson for about 50 minutes, that's a good marker to then give a break or a stretch break or whatever. Um, and I think that's how 
uh, I, I've witnessed even in the remote spaces how the educators are kind of giving breaks and doing different things. If you're homeschooling or if you're if you're dealing with an unstructured situation or um, you're even trying to figure out, you know, in our structured remote learning, the district has come back and said, well, you know, some kids need more breaks than others or certain percentage of attendance will count. So whatever your parenting decision is, it's an interesting maxim to think about, like, okay, you know, how do I give, how do I either switch the activity, switch the scenario, um, get up and move around, do something different after every, you know, X period, which is years times five minutes. So that has been really, that was a, a big maxim that we used while we traveled. Um, that was smart. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. And, and just to remember too, that, you know, they are whatever age they are mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, I even know myself how, if I'm like in an online meeting or something like that, it's easy to kind of drift away, you know, yeah. and things like that. So, and I'm an adult. So think about it, you know, from a kid's perspective, young or, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, either way. So, so try to help them so that they can focus and, and kind of get them back on track, but don't just try to remember, I guess was what I would say is that they are young and this is maybe a new thing for a lot of them. And sometimes we put expectations on them that aren't really realistic. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. And yeah. there are expectations, not necessarily their expectations, Good right? Point. So I mean, I right. Think it's what we want them to do because that's what we feel like they should be doing is sitting there still, you know, all day or whatever it is. You know, that's mm -hmm. what we would want because then it would be easy and clean and, and that's it. But that's not really realistic. Yeah, I think yeah. that's... We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, we're going to come back and ask you about another one of these um, uh, tips that you have and a few other things that I definitely want to cover. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And we are back talking with Isla Malik. And, and you are just, you're wonderful to talk to, by the way. You're a great conversationalist. So I have, I've been jotting down a few things too, as you're talking like, oh, I want to ask her this, I want to ask her that. So. Oh my um, gosh, likewise. It's so easy to talk <laughs> to you. I love it. That's so funny. Well, one thing I, I did write jot down earlier is that you said, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Build resilience, mm -hmm. be gentle with yourself. I think that's really important mm -hmm. uh, for parents to realize and to remember whether your kids are, you know, I, I mean, really anything, you know, if they're in school, you know, physically, or if they're home, or if they're half and half or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, this is, this is not, this is not a sprint. And also it's okay to just like you said, be gentle with yourself. It's okay mm -hmm. to not put a lot of pressure on yourself. I know a lot of, I would just say moms in particular, um, put a lot of pressure on themselves. And then, then we see what's happening on social media or what we think mm -hmm. is happening. And that's probably not what is really happening. You know, as we, I've talked about that many times and thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so is doing this and I'm not. And so my kid's mm -hmm. going to be, you know, behind or something. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, this is a big one. I, I just, I just fundamentally disagree that there are perfect parents, perfect teachers, perfect homeschoolers, perfect anything. And, and that, that just, that just can't be the goal because we will, 
most certainly fail, or I, I'll speak for myself, I will most certainly fail. And so I think for me, it's a constant um, setting of intention. Like I am trying to do my best. I am trying to be present. I am trying to engage in, you know, seeing all these annoying things as opportunities for me to deepen a connection or for me to realize my own resilience or for me to build resilience in the kids, right? Like this notion of constantly trying to, um, trying to reframe the opportunity so that I can engage with it at whatever role I need to engage with it is a practice. And it's one that, um, you know, nine out of 10 times, I probably have missed opportunities. Uh, but that one out of 10 times I'm pretty proud of. Right. And so I think it's, I think we have to reframe what success looks like for us and just be students of our own experience. And I know that sounds all heebie-jeebie and, you know, whatever else, but I, I really do see a difference. I don't know if you do with your, um, your guests, Miriam, but I see a really big difference with those folks that um, are, are, you know, there's no judgment in what I'm about to say. And yet, and, and there's a, there's a place where there's a lot of folks in this situation and in this time, and it's a very difficult time, but they're so, um, they're so consumed by um, trying to get it perfect or being afraid of failure or being a victim of the experience, which, which is, there's a lot of folks that are having, they're are having a really, really tough time. So I'm not dismissing it or trivializing it. What I am saying is, for those of us who are trying to get up, right? Like you're just still trying, you're not, you're still falling every two seconds, or you're still, um, you're still, you know, feeling like there's a heavy weight on your shoulders, but you're trying. I think trying is enough. For me, I think trying is success. And, um, and when our kids see us trying and see us being graceful with ourselves um, and, and, you know, being frustrated, we're human, but like we keep trying and we keep re- framing and we keep recommitting ourselves to an intent to be present they they they're learning that too and i think that's a that's resilience that that notion of learning how to stretch and not and you know not fully break permanently but keep trying to stretch again and sort of stretch release stretch release that is a natural form of resilience that we can that i i think is is really really helpful for our kids to see us model I, I love everything that you just said, and I'm huge on resilience and modeling, and I, I think, you know, as you're saying, they see us trying and, and just, you know, getting back up and trying, and they mm -hmm. also see the opposite is what, you know, we need to keep in mind. Right. If we don't allow ourselves, you know, if we don't forgive ourselves and, and you know, if we're too hard on ourselves, they see that being modeled, and then they will that is how they will be, you know, oh, I have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to give myself a break. Um, I didn't do this, you know, today, I, you know, it didn't, wasn't a great day. And then I, I just can't get over it, you know, right. rather than it, okay, but, oh, it's okay. But guess what? You get to do it all again tomorrow. And tomorrow is a different day or later, is, you know, different. It's, it's not a big deal. You know, I, I will you know, tell my kids, you know, if they think, oh my gosh, I, I didn't do so great on a test or whatever it is, you know, whatever. And they usually do way better than they think, you know, than they're mm -hmm. saying. And I, I just kind of, you know, if I know that they tried, I'm not talking about if they just blew it off. If I know they tried, you know, I go, well, guess what? You're still going to be able to be a productive member of society, you know, and I just kind of try to laugh. Yeah. I think the trying, the trying matters and the, and the, 
and specifically, so the trying on effort matters for sure, and the trying to reframe and, and stay positive matters. The credit of, of that try and that intention matters in this time. And um, I'm just reminded of um, one of my dear friends was talking about, um, you know, was, was, was feeling really frustrated and upset like a lot of us are around COVID and around how hard it is for kids and how hard it is for us. And she was saying, oh, you know, I, my heart almost broke. My son said, I just want, I just want COVID to be done right? I just want it to be back to normal. I just want COVID to be done. And um, she was, you know, she was, she was saying how, how hard it was as a parent to hear that. And I said, did you ask him why, you know, uh, why does he want COVID to be done? What is it that he misses? And, and to have the additional intentional present conversation about grieving, like what are we missing? And then is there anything that this time gives us that is different than normal? Like there are, are there things we get to do because we're at home at COVID. So the other day, I um, my my little kid, who's there, all the kids do not want um, the parents to be in their Zoom background, like they just oh, right, yeah. <laughs> right, like that. And so I um, and they're really cute. They like if I hover around, they just are like, oh my god, my friends are gonna see my mom. Yeah, know, like shush around, right? Yeah, exactly. And so. Right. And so all these magical moments happen when I'm refilling my cup of coffee, ironically. So I was in the kitchen refilling a cup of coffee and I just um, underneath the table, my son's at the kitchen table. I just like put my foot and gave him like a little kiss from my foot, like a little footsie. And he was like, oh, you know, stop it. And I and then when he was done on the break, I said, see, I don't I love having you. I know you miss school, but yeah. I love going to coffee, getting coffee and seeing you at the kitchen table and getting to give you a little touch or give you a little hug underneath the table I don't get to do that when you're in school right and so it's not to say that we're trying to create a Pollyanna-ish approach to a difficult situation but the positive reframe gives enough of a boost sometimes for kids to start to experience and reorient themselves differently which can make all the difference in building resilience I believe yeah I agree 100% and we've just been trying to do that here and you know especially in this when everyone was home in the spring and even now um you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter is a senior. So there are things that she's missing and, and she is mm-hmm. in school physically, but there are a lot of things that she, a lot of things were canceled this summer, some big mm-hmm. trips she was supposed to do. And a lot of things, even now, you know, it's not totally normal at school and they're not going to have everything going on. And so, you know, she will get down on that about that. And that's, that's okay. And, and I want to make sure that I tell her it's, I don't it want to just come and say like, yeah. oh, you should, you know, just let's be positive. Uh, you know, it's okay to be disappointed about that. I, yeah. I don't understand how you, I, I, I feel for you. That didn't happen to me. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I try not to always also say, totally. you know, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. You know, I, I tell her that didn't happen to me when I was mm-hmm. in school, when I was a senior. So I, I can't imagine how I would have felt exactly how you feel. And I, I let her be disappointed. Let her grieve. Yeah. Let her grieve. Yep. And then mm-hmm. I turn it around though. But let's look at, mm-hmm. let's focus on the positive things that we, that we are getting, you know, you're, we, you are, you know, in school and, and you're, mm-hmm. you said you're, you're glad about that. You know, you're able to see your friends at least at school, even though it's a little different. You play, she plays tennis. So I'm like, you play a sport that has been able to go on, you know, because mm-hmm. non-context. So what if you didn't, you know, there are some kids that don't. So we, we just really try to, I let her, you know, have that time because I think that she should, but then I do try yeah. to reframe it. And she knows all that, you know, 
she'll say, I know it. I'm just, and I'm like, it's okay. You're allowed to have the, your moments, but you know, we do try to get back to the, the positive, you know, let's think about what we do have and what we have just even in general, but you know, yeah. even during this time. And I do say, you know, I know everyone was bummed in the spring, but I love that family time and, you know, just being able to, to spend all that time together. So I think it is, it's just the spin that you put on it and it's how you react to things because they're watching. I think the point you make is so, 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 so important. I think the, um, you know, one of the most beautiful things that I often have said to, to my staff, like one of the most beautiful things about being human is that we are a species that can hold opposites. So it is not, we do not have to make a false choice. We can grieve and try to reframe and find a beauty in something at the exact same time, right? We can hold both of those, both of those feelings and those emotions because we're, we're a complex species. And I, I just, I think that's really important to be, you know, being present isn't just being present to listen and to reframe and create positivity, but it's being present to be with your child or with yourself around what the hardships are, and then have a moment of, okay, I got to try to get up again now. Right. And so it's like, it's, it's both. And I, I think that's a, that's a really, really important point. I think those that are, you know, um, and I, and, and for me, my, my bias is probably more on the positive spin of stuff. And so I have to slow myself down and sometimes just be in the grieving, um, and be present to the fact that like, that's, that is a little bit of my shortcoming. So I need to get, I need to create and hold the space for my kids to be there. Somebody who's in the other side of the spectrum could maybe say, okay, my bias is that I just really am real about how much this sucks. And so I just need to push myself a little bit to make space and place for a reframe or a reorientation, right? I think we all have biases and that's okay. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, I think both are really powerful to hold both. I agree totally. And one other thing I want to say, a mention that I saw um, on your schedule is kind of jumping back a little bit, yeah. but I want Save it kind of for the end. My favorite thing about that was, and this is something that you can do with your children any age that they are, no matter what age they are, and you can do that if they're home schooling, if they're remote learning, if they're in person, if they're half and half, if they're whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and and you you actually, you know, because I think we a lot of people talk about doing this, and I know I've done lip service for this, but you actually put it on, you know, the, the schedule. You know, you have this on mm -hmm. your checklist daily act of kindness. Mm -hmm. And I love that you like, it's written out and it's not like a, a, okay, you know, check it off. We have to do it kind of thing, but just what a reminder to see that on your, on your schedule, on your checklist or whatever it is for the day. And I'm sure that would become, and, and it, and I'm sure just by talking to you, it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing, mm -hmm. you know, it could be anything, mm -hmm. just to get them thinking that way. What did I do today? that would have, you know, would have been a daily act of kindness for someone. And I love that that's actually on your, you know, schedule, your plan for the day for your kids. And I'm it like, is. I'm really and, I'll, and I'll just be real about it though, too, just to make sure that I'm not setting anyone up for perfection failure is um, uh, my kids often will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did something kind. Right? Like, or I did, or like quickly, like go and hug somebody and be like, okay, that's my kindness. Yeah, right. So, so <laughs> right. So they very much are like either do an eye roll. There's a, cause there's also they're a kids. weekly service, they're, they're act, right. Yep. And there's also a weekly service activity that we do as a family yep. that we pick together and they're like, Oh gosh, we have to do this again. <laughs> um, right. But so, so, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the three, the other, you know, one of the three will always be excited and be very creative about her act of kindness 
different, right? They're all different. But I think what, what the intention on our end is, is that it's an expectation of kindness. And so to your point, whether or not they orient to it as, you know, trying to get it done and over with before they get their video games, because that's part of the other thing is like, okay, you got to handle some of your responsibilities and expectations before the time is yours, um, is that is that it's creating, it's, it's placing our values as a family to say, actually having a moment where you think outside of yourself as to how you could be a team player for somebody else in this family or elsewhere as a neighbor or postal worker or anything, just having that, that center, that, that moment of, of, of centering is really a high value in this family. And we're going to consider it an expectation. That's what we're trying to instill. And, and to be honest, that has sort of, whether or not they like, they'll say stuff like, oh yeah, in our family, we have to do an act of kindness. Like whether or not they talk about it in this, in this annoyed way, it is, it is clear to them that we value that. And that that's an expectation that they should be asking themselves, well, what have they done for somebody else today? You know, what was it all about you, 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 or did you think of another way you could help out? So, um, so I just wanted to name that these things for us, we really believe that whatever schedule you put out, whatever guidelines you put out, it should reflect your family values. And so we try to schedule things that are our family values, um, including time with the protected time with each other. Um, but, but, uh, but I don't want anyone to be fooled that like, we're this kumbaya family where everyone's like, yes, <laughs> kindness, you know, <laughs> it's oftentimes, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but like you said, it's just the expectation. It's the right. conversation. And so mm-hmm. stick with them, whether they, you know, are that's doing- right. And, and, and they can see that it doesn't have to be a huge thing that can make a difference to somebody. And like I said, totally. just that you're talking about it and it's important enough to you that they can see that that's like, it's actually on paper, you know, so yeah. that's stick with them, even if it's not, you know, it's not as they don't understand right now, you know, different ages, obviously, but that'll stick with them for sure. So I, I really love that. And, um, the time just went way too quickly. <laughs> way too I love quickly. it. I, it was it was great talking to you. There were so many other things that I I would yeah. love to talk about. I'd have you come back, um, um, for sure. So I really really did enjoy the time. And can you just tell us? I know you have a book. Yeah. Um, so maybe just mention that and how listeners can find you on like social media or, or connect sure. with you on your website. Well, I would love to connect with anybody and everybody. Um, so I, social media wise is easier. I'll start there. Our, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, but we're have um, more presence on Instagram, our traveling family handle is Franklin Street Globetrotters. Um, we, we have a little, it's a little globe. And so if you look up Franklin Street Globetrotters, you'll find us. Um, and from there, you'll be able to see our, um, our personal Instagrams and things are there too. Uh, but then um, for anything to do with articles or this homeschooling stuff or the books, um, my I have a website, uh, ilamalik.com. We also have a franklinstreetglobetrotters.org. So lots of different ways. Um, I wrote a book. I'm in the nonprofit uh, space. I've been there for the last two decades. Um, And uh, before we left for our travels, I wrote a book when I was struggling with sort of how do I, it's exactly what we just talked about, Miriam. It was holding my own feelings of sort of concern, disappointment, sadness for for where I thought the country may be going um, to also how do I 
make sure that I reframe for my kids the importance of inclusivity and diversity um, and and make sure that they feel like they had a place um, of in, in whatever country and whatever ethos we're creating. Um, and so this book is called Mommy, Am I American? It's a children's book. And probably what's most interesting is at the back, um, there is a a uh, little cheat sheet as to how to put in some of the stuff that we talked about in practice as parent activists, because I feel like when we actively parent, when we're present and when we try, that we're actually activists, activists of kindness, parent activists, and creating a generation that has an ethos of empathy and inclusion of others. So um, it's not, I'm not a children's author, so it's not like the best literary work, I'm sure, but I was able to collaborate with an amazing illustrator. And um, I'm really proud of the content that it's, the focus is just on how important being kind is, really. That's great. It's great. I can't wait to read it myself. So that's great. And yes, follow her, connect with her, um, check out, I know you have some blogs and some videos and everything mm -hmm. from your traveling too. Um, that, that are really, I've really enjoyed so far, what I've seen so far. So again, it was so great to talk to you and great to Thank have you. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you so much. So great to connect with you. Always happy to come back and just love that you're putting this kind of, um, you know, this kind of information out to our community. I'm looking forward to following all your podcasts. So thank oh, you so well, much. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So much. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.